So of late, I've been going down a bit of a biology rabbit hole. And it was in no small part due to Mr. Covid and Mr. Vaccine. Because in order to try and wrap my head around whether or not I was or wasn't going to take the vaccine, I had to first understand what was new about these mRNA vaccines, what do vaccines do generally, how is this new and different, and all the rest of it, just to get a better understanding of it. I don't want to write a fucking paper on it, I don't want to have anything published, I don't want to claim to have some sort of a qualification here, but I just wanted to better understand what the fuck it was that I was going to stick into my arm, which I think is fair enough. But what's come out of the wash is, I've been reminded of what I'm constantly reminded of by doing this podcast whenever I go and try and explain something like I did the brain there yesterday whenever I go and try and explain something I find myself talking about one thing and then going oh no no, I can't talk about that when I'm sorry when I'm thinking about talking about something on the podcast what I find myself saying is I know what I'll do I'll do an episode on the brain and I'll go grand I'll just I'll start talking about all the different things about the brain that I know but then I'll say to myself I can't do that because you have to start. You have to start further back than that, and you have to kind of, you have to zoom out and zoom out and zoom out and zoom out. Because if, if you want to talk about something very specific, if you're talking to somebody who knows a lot about what you're talking about, you can just jump in and say the thing, the really specific thing that you wanted to talk about. But if you're talking about something really specific to somebody who doesn't really have much of an interest in the subject, you have to pull back and explain it more broadly. And if they don't understand that, you have to pull back even more broadly again. And you have to keep zooming out until the person that you're, sta- you're, you're trying to get this across to knows what the fuck you're talking about. Because you can't jump steps in understanding something. In the same way they don't teach you long multiplication or algebra in senior infants. They don't do that because you haven't been through the addition and subtraction and small division, small multiplication, and you haven't been introduced to fractions and and all the rest of it. You You need to build yourself up to get to a high place. And that's a a recurring theme of the podcast. I'll I'll often try and start talking about something and then kind of catch myself and go, no, 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 no. I have to pull back and talk about it more broadly to give people more of a a general understanding and to give myself a more general understanding about what the fuck it is that I'm trying to actually get across. And one thing that I've realised by going down this biological rabbit hole is I have quite a high level understanding of certain things and a shockingly dismal understanding of other things. And what I think I need to do is level the playing field, basically. I need to kind of go back to basics because... To use a a somewhat crude analogy, understanding the body but not the brain is kind of like understanding the car but not the engine. So imagine you, most people have some form of an understanding of what a car is. You know, four wheels, you know, five seats, a steering wheel and an engine and off she goes. But you wouldn't expect somebody who knew absolutely everything there was to know about suspensions to not know how an engine worked. And I have a relatively, again, I stress the word relatively, I have a relatively deep understanding of the brain and the mind and the soul and all that jazz. But I haven't got the fucking first clue about digestion. 
Don't know how it works. Don't know. Don't know anything about cells generally. Like I know more. Everything that I know about cells, I know from my knowledge of the brain because I, I have a certain amount of knowledge in relation to how neurons work and what neurons are and how they function. But my entire understanding of cell biology is based in my interest in the mind. And again, it's not until you actually start fucking talking about these things that you actually realise where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. But I suppose the cool thing about learning about the brain first is because if you go and try and learn about any other part of the body, you're going to learn about its component parts and then you're going to learn that it's controlled by the brain. But if you learn about the brain first and how it actually functions on a more fundamental basic. It's a better starting point, I think. Now, maybe I'm only saying it's a better starting point because it's been my starting point. But here's an interesting one for you. So there was three main component parts I broke the brain down into in yesterday's episode, and I'm going to quickly glance over them again. So there's the brainstem, which is the tip of the spine, basically. Okay, you've got, that's where the... What the fuck is that word called? The mandula oblongata. That's where that is. And it's where the pons is. And it's where the thalami are. So your hypothalamus, your thalamus, and your pineal gland. They all make up what's called the midbrain or the the brainstem, essentially. Don't quote me on any of this because it's all very fucking sketchy. But forgetting that part, forgetting the brain stem and the midbrain part, I'm going to concentrate specifically on the cerebellum and the cerebrum. So the cerebellum is the older part of the two. The cerebellum is more movement and emotions. But it's when I say movement, it's conscious movement. So it's reaching and grasping, walking with purpose. Okay, the brainstem, the even more primitive part, that does movement, but movement such as less conscious movement. So movement like chewing, swallowing, breathing, heartbeat, that kind of sub-subconscious movement so the cerebellum controls conscious or somewhat conscious movement i say somewhat conscious because you never think okay bicep you know pull and tricep relax and then vice versa when you go to grab something you decide to go and reach and grab something and you grab it so it's a mixture of subconscious and conscious so that's the cerebrum okay so the cerebrum is in control of your eyeballs for example it tells the eyeballs where to move, basically. Or at least the cerebrum, which is the newest part, it wants to look to the right over at that pencil or whatever it is. So that's a thought. So that happens in the newest part, the cerebrum. But it's the cerebellum that actually controls the eyeballs and rotates them in the direction of where you want to look and then focuses your pupils. But interestingly... So the cerebellum controls the movement of the eyeballs, but it doesn't control eyesight. So there's a a good bit of crossover between these two parts. There's a good bit of crossover across all parts of the brain. It's all inextricably linked. I mentioned in yesterday's episode, it really makes no sense to subdivide the brain because it's also inextricably linked, but you need to subdivide it to some degree to be able to have a fucking conversation about it. But interestingly, so the cerebrum controls the movement of your eyeballs, but it doesn't control your sight, your vision. That's 
in the cerebrum. That's in the much newer part. And similarly, the cerebrum controls the movement of your vocal cords, the movement of your tongue, your cheek, your lips, and how much air gets pushed through your mouth when you speak. So it's control of all the motor reflexes in order for you to be able to talk. But it's the cerebrum that is the articulate, thinking, speaking part of you. And it's just fucking fascinating to me to think that the mind is in the cerebrum and the soul is in the cerebellum, but the two of them can't really work without each other. It's like the lens in a camera and the software that's in the camera that processes the details coming through the lens. One is no good without the other. So I think, bearing all that in mind, a good first step in understanding ourselves, because we're, we're biological entities, we're, we're meat vehicles, the best way to understand ourselves is to first of all learn the component parts. Like You, you need to know what the head is and where the head is. So if you were to try and explain to a computer, let's say, to a blank canvas or to an alien, if you were to try and explain to an alien what a human was, the alien would need to understand where and what the head was before you started talking about the brain. It'd need to know where its arms are, what its fingers do, what its legs do, what its asshole does, what its mouth does, and all the rest of it. And once you had explained the component parts to this alien the next thing that you would have to do was explain to the alien how inextricably linked they all are how everything starts essentially in the brain at least everything conscious starts within the brain because here's another interesting thing so boxers have been studied and it's been found that a boxer can throw a jab quicker than a human can consciously register it with its eyes and send a signal to the rest of the body to move and get out of the way. So, technically speaking, a fighter, or a human being even, is too slow to consciously slip a jab. The jab is just too fast. But boxers slip jabs all the time. And it's not because they're fucking psychic. It's because your body doesn't have to use its mind. You don't think when you're slipping a jab. You react. And there's a difference there. There's a big fucking giant whopping difference between thinking and reacting. So thinking is the mind and reacting is the soul. Maybe. <laughs> Did I say don't quote me on any of this shit yet? Am I making sense? Does this make any fucking sense or am I just fucking boring people to tears? Let me know. You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. But seriously, this exploration of the body is due to continue and it was all sparked basically by the whole vaccine thing and wanting to get a better understanding of what it is, what it does, how it works, how it interacts with our bodies and all the rest of it. Because without a and like, but I'm not talk. I I don't think I'm talking about having a particularly high level understanding of the body. I think that the general, I think most of us, myself included, have a an inexcusably poor understanding of our own biology generally. Like like little little things. And I've, I've mentioned this before, so I won't dwell on it too much. But little things like 
are doctors, never mind the general fucking layperson, don't seem to understand how inextricably linked what we put into our stomachs affects our minds. 95% of the serotonin that's created in our bodies is created in our guts. And our guts are obviously impacted by what we put into them, what we eat, what we shove into our fat faces. And if the medical profession generally isn't aware of this, what fucking hope have regular people in even striving to control our emotions? When we're increasingly being fed poison, basically. And speaking of poison, it that reminds me of something the past guest in front of the show, Ivor McQuillan, once said. The difference between a medicine and a poison is dosage. So I'm not anti-sugary, sweet, fatty foods. Okay, I fucking love them. <laughs> I love them a little bit too much. But the reason that I love them a little bit too much, and maybe this is, maybe I'm only saying this with hindsight, but maybe the reason that I like them so much is because I've allowed myself to become addicted to them. And I think people are unconsciously addicting their children to sugar for a start and to process foods because they're being raised on it. And if you're being raised on sugary, heavily processed foods, with refined carbohydrates and all that kind of jazz, you become dependent on it. Because you get better at doing the things you do most often. So if you are constantly eating heavily processed foods or high sugar foods, you get better at processing it to the point that you will literally start craving it. You, your body thinks it needs it to survive and it does to a degree. And that's why you have to go through withdrawal to overcome an addiction. You have to break the cycle. You have to break the... Cons- you, you have to break... The consistency of how much this stuff enters your body. And when you break that consistency, when you stop giving your body what it's used to getting, it will start craving it and you will suffer withdrawal from it. But this is only temporary because your body is quick to change. If your body is quick to change, your body is quick to adapt. So if you do change your diet from a highly processed or high sugar, high refined carbohydrate diet, your body will very quickly adjust to a new diet. But, and this is where your neurology and your gut are inextricably linked. Because if you're used to eating a particular food, then there are neural pathways in your head that light up when you get what you want. And those neural pathways will last... How long a neural pathway will last is dependent on how long it's been laid down, or how often should I say it's been laid down. To use a really, really, really fucking crude analogy, it's like painting a wall in your house. If you paint it bright yellow, you have a bright yellow wall. But if you want to paint this, if you want to change it to a light green. If it's only got one coat of yellow, one coat of the light green might do. But if it's got 50 coats of yellow, you're going to need to put in, you know, I don't know, 20 or 30 coats of the green paint to paint over it. That's a terrible, terrible analogy, but 
hopefully you, you, you'll get the sentiment and I'll have to have a think of, of a better analogy. And I suppose driving somewhere might work here. So I used to work in Dublin and I used to commute from Navan. So I was very used to joining the M3 in Navan and driving to Dublin. I did that every day or Monday to Friday for years and years and years and years. And one day I had to drive to Cavan, which meant that I was going to drive to the same motorway, get on essentially at the same place, but I was going to go in, you know, this time I was going to go, I was going to go north for Cavan as opposed to going south for Dublin. Now I'd gone south for Dublin 10,000 times before and I'd never gone north for Cavan. So this one morning when I was driving to Cavan, I was kind of an autopilot. And to cut a long story short, I fucking crashed the car because I was so used to going one way. Now, if I started working, I was only going to Cavan as a once-off, but if I started working in Cavan, over time, the more times that I went north instead of south, I would have been rewriting that neural network in my head. And that's what we have to do with our food and our habits generally. And how much work has to go into course correcting those neural pathways depends on how many times those neural pathways were driven on, for want of a better term, previously. And there's there's something to all that. that there's something fucking... There's something that I'm going to have to mull over on this and hopefully the next episode I'll have a better example or a better analogy for you. But again, thoughts, questions, queries, concerns, you'll get me on 089 60 And on that note, I'll chat you soon.